a spoken word. Now for the central diamond and the last and largest, Arthur holding then his court hard on the river nigh the place which now is this world's hugest, let proclaim a juiced at Camelot, and when the time drew nigh, spake, for she had been sick, to Guinevere. Are you so sick, my queen, you cannot move to these fair juists? Yea, lord, she said, ye know it. Then will ye miss, he answered, the great deeds of Launcelot, and his prowess in the lists, a sight ye loved to look on. And the queen lifted her eyes, and they dwelt languidly on Launcelot, where he stood beside the king. He, thinking that he read her meaning there, Stay with me, I am sick. My love is more than many diamonds, yielded, and a heart love loyal to the least wish of the queen, however much he yearned to make complete the tale of diamonds for his destined boon, urged him to speak against the truth and say, Sir King, mine ancient wound is hardly whole and lets me from the saddle. And the king glanced first at him, then her, and went his way. No sooner gone than suddenly she began. To blame, my lord Sir Launcelot, much to blame. Why go ye not to these fair juists? The knights are half of them our enemies, and the crowd will murmur, Lo, the shameless ones who take their pastime now, the trustful king is gone. Then Launcelot, vexed at having lied in vain. Are ye so wise? You were not once so wise, my queen, that summer, when ye loved me first. Then of the crowd ye took no more account than of the myriad cricket of the mead, when its own voice clings to each blade of grass and every voice is nothing. As to knights, them surely can I silence with all ease. But now my loyal worship is allowed of all men. Many a bard without offence has linked our names together in his lay, Lancelot, the flower of bravery, Guinevere, the pearl of beauty, and our knights at feast have pledged us in this union, while the king would listen, smiling. How then? Is there more? Has Arthur spoken aught? Or would yourself now weary of my service and devoir, henceforth be truer to your faultless lord? She broke into a little scornful laugh. Arthur, my lord Arthur, the faultless king, that passionate perfection, my good lord. But who can gaze upon the sun in heaven? He never spake word of reproach to me. He never had a glimpse of mine untruth. He cares not for me. Only here today there gleamed a vague suspicion in his eyes. Some meddling rogue has tampered with him. Else wrapped in this fancy of his table round and swearing men to vows impossible to make them like himself. But, friend, to me, he is all fault who hath no fault at all. For who loves me must have a touch of earth. The low sun makes the color. I am yours, not Arthur's, as ye know, save by the bond. And therefore hear my words. Go to the juists. The tiny trumpeting gnat can break our dream when sweetest, and the vermin voices here may buzz so loud. We scorn them, but they sting. Then answered Launcelot, the chief of knights, And with what face, after my pretext made, Shall I appear, O queen, at Camelot, I, before a king who honours his own word, 
as if it were his gods. Yea, said the queen, a moral child without the craft to rule, else had he not lost me. But listen to me, if I must find you wit, we hear it said that men go down before your spear at a touch, but knowing you are Lancelot, your great name this conquers. Hide it therefore, go unknown, win, by this kiss you will. And our true king will then allow your pretext, O oh my knight, as all for glory. For to speak him true, ye know right well how meek soe'er he seem, no keener hunter after glory breathes. He loves it in his knights more than himself. They prove to him his work. Win and return. Then got Sir Lancelot suddenly to horse, wrath at himself. Not willing to be known, he left the barren beaten thoroughfare.